Well, we actually did it. <laughs> the first live podcast. We are debriefing. We had a, we had a beer afterwards. Yeah, I think it, we had, uh, I had a few beers before. Liquid Courage. It was good. We've just done our first live podcast ever. A live show here at the Shore and Partners WA Race Week in Perth. Um, and we actually had people come. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was like a hundred people that stayed. Luckily, we tagged on to the Shore and Partners welcome dinner. But it was really cool to see like some some valued listeners of, you know, what what is now 43 episodes. So cool to see them we had some questions from the floor we gave some giveaways it's just a, it's a nice atmosphere that's a good point it was an idea that we actually had pretty early doors with the podcast to start being able to do this in front of an audience at events but the thing that stopped that was obviously covid so to actually get this opportunity now it was good boy you were nervous before it oh weren't you letting me have it too you were lucky enough to get up for a little warm-up little warm-up sesh with bonnie hancock up there talking about her expedition around Australia. I was back there throwing down some beers, but all things went well. We had a good, good couple of laughs. We, I'm sure you'll hear, you'll hear what's to come. Gee, who knew Corey Hill was so funny? <laughs> yeah, I don't think he knew himself. So we haven't had a proper listen to all this back yet, but we're just going to drop it online. Yeah, it's just happening. Thank you so much to our friend Sam on the audio desk who are was there booked for the night anyway to be doing it for the live entertainment had no idea that we were going to tack a podcast onto it and the guy that was he's like I'm playing live music till 6.45 I'm like, <laughs> like yeah mate righto mate beat it mate <laughs> you're done it's 6.20 go home um, thank you so much to our guests that you're about to hear from Corey Hill Gemma Smith Oscar Chalupski oh, fuck it was so much fun that was and, such a great chat with and the Dean Gardner um, and also a really important thank you to Shore and Partners, not mm-hmm. only for putting on the event, but actually putting on the facilities and the equipment that we were able to use. And also Dean and Ocean Paddler, Yander, the whole team, for actually being willing to let us do this. <laughs> and Spin just... some yarns and, yeah, really just let us uh, showcase what we think we may have and the rest is history. You can tell us if we're good or not. And also a huge thank you, the most important thank you to everyone who turned up. Yeah. We were actually, we didn't know in advance whether anyone was we, going to come or not. But we there weren't were... going to say anything if, like on the podcast, if no one turned up and how, how many limited. And I said to Sam, what's the number? It's like 50. So we can confirm there was over 100 people there. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say there's definitely <laughs> over 100 there. Um, and the most important thing is that the, mo- the what we're going to hear, the audio, was what was going through the sound desk. That's the microphones uh, from the event. I swear to God, so many people laughed. Yeah, like, you I don't. I you might be able to hear it. Sam's going to have to really elevate the noise, but I don't know whether you're going to be able to hear the laughing. I promise you, there was heaps of it. And we have actually filmed our first vodcast as well. Get to the Padley YouTube channel, which we're starting things, aren't we? Yeah, so we're going to have a video of this. We were lucky enough to be able to film it. Um, it was lo- it, like it, it is loose, but it was so much fun. <laughs> I think you'll be able to hear the crowd laughing there. So. Again, thanks everyone, and we hope you enjoy this. Thank you. Watch it, boys, racing. Here we go, and go hot. And go hot. Very good. The Paddler's Pot with Sam and Mecca.
Good evening, the Shore and Partners WA Race Week. By absolutely no choice of your own, uh, it's an honour for us to be here. Um, if you haven't heard the Paddlers Pod, my name is Sam Jordan. I came 35th yesterday in the Fen West Coast Downwind, and I'm so glad to be able to stand alongside the man who came 32nd. 34th. 34th. Yeah, and we were up to 43 episodes, so we are almost about as good as our result yesterday. Uh, Bronze medalist at the World Championships as well, (laughs) but you wouldn't have known it by seeing him paddle yesterday. This is Mackenzie Heinard. I'm really excited to actually be able to do this podcast uh, in front of an audience for the first time. Normally, we just sit in our bedrooms. We actually put a blanket over our heads to try and keep some kind of sound control. So to be able to stand here today... In front of a crowd is, is really awesome. A um, little bit later than we planned as well. I'm so, not going to blame anyone in particular, but Oscar, were you asleep? Is, is that why he's we're still a little asleep. bit late? Oh, no, he's eating. I did just ring you and say, where <laughs> are you? So oh, I'm coming now. Why, why wouldn't I be there already? So it's an honor to have you here tonight. Um, it's just going to be a short one from us. We're really lucky to be able to have a chat with Oscar Chalupski and Dean Gardner as well up on stage uh, together, chatting through what is the greatest rivalry, the greatest friendship that our sport has ever seen. Maybe we will get a little bit bromantic as well in that, but we do also have the winners of the Fen West Coast downwind yesterday, the first race of the Shore and Partners WA Race Week as well. Gemma Smith and Corey Hill are going to be joining us. I don't know if you noticed, but Mackenzie and I are actually also wearing our own T-shirts we got made as well uh, for www.thepaddler.news. We're going to be throwing some T-shirts out to anyone who comes up with a question as well. A good question. We're not giving away for free. Is that us being, is that us being lazy? Yeah, most definitely. Maybe. That's ba- basically where we are. I think it will. Um, so, because of the fact that this is an elite sporting event, let's not get distracted by that fact. We are actually going to start by bringing up our winners of the fest, <laughs> the Fen West Coast Downwind as well. I didn't tell Sam, who is kindly in the corner doing the audio for us tonight as well. Please he's, give a round of applause yeah, to Sam to as go. well. He's doing an incredible job. I like it a little bit, so Sam. I've actually gone and got some theme songs as well. I'm not sure what this one might be too, but he's a loving father of two young boys. In fact, he's so loving, they've actually just arrived in Perth and he's left him in the hotel room. But he is, of course, our man Daddy Chill. He's a two-time world champion, a four-time winner of The Doctor, and would you believe it, he's the coolest man in paddling as well. Please welcome to the stage, Corey Hill, Daddy Cool. We're going to have fun, Chill. This will be good. We'll give you the mic to start. Oh, yeah, you're going to jump in there. Sam and I are going to part ways here. We sit too often together. And sitting alongside Corey. I'll just make sure. What do you reckon, Chill? Is this, is this high production from us? Looks like it, doesn't it? It's a little yeah. bit more upgrade than the one we did in Portugal in the... Sitting in the hotel there. room coughing the yeah, whole time. That turned out well that. for everyone, didn't you're it? A, you're yeah. a guest in that one. Rolling on that dip piece of dowel. Now, she may be the nicest person in paddling, but don't be fooled. This woman is a fighter. She burst onto the Iron Woman scene at the age of 17 and from there has never looked back. From the central coast to the global stage, she's the new world champion on a winning run in the sport of downwind paddling. It is our pleasure to introduce Gemma Smith. Woo! so much for actually joining us 
on what is a special night as well. Now, you were somewhat obliged because we did lean on you as friends. We've kept <laughs> you out later than what we had planned. We've actually changed it around, too. You were meant to be on later, so that I was all. Thought, um, I thought it would be the, the fastest Molokai time would come up first, which would be, well, us over Oscar, so... <laughs> <laughs> Already, Oscar's getting ready for his rebuttals with that yeah. one. Look, firstly, congratulations to the both of you on two really impressive victories yesterday in the opening race of the Shore and Partners WA Race Week. You two, as always, spoke very well at the finish, but, you know, between us... Taking us the gloves all, off here. We're all friends in the room. How important was it to actually win that race yesterday and get this week on the right note? Corey immediately passing the microphone. <laughs> very gentleman-like, eh? No, I think for me it was definitely a big confidence boost. I think, you know, we haven't really been over to WA for two years because of COVID since 2019 in the um, WA race week. So I definitely wanted to come over here and put a good race down to start off the week. And to do that in the conditions that we had, um, yeah, was really good. And I think definitely, hopefully, we'll be able to build on that throughout the week. And I guess for myself, um, it was a great confidence booster after Worlds and... Um, I guess after training with Mac and his third at, at Worlds, it was, um, you know, we knew that we were on the right track doing the right thing. So I was looking over my shoulder for him majority of the way and um, happy, happy to have just got him at the end. <laughs> I think you got me by a little bit with nine minutes it might be. That was one of my takeaways yesterday. Uh, I didn't necessarily think 35th was a great result, but any day you get to dice toe-to-toe -to -toe with the bronze medalist from the World Championships, you know you're doing something right, so... This is just a big bully session up here for me, right? Yeah, what a great well, move, having us up here. Yeah, it's just... Such... Well, that was your race, mate. I should have thought about that, yeah. It was absolutely horrendous. Let's not go there. We'll stay on you guys. Talking about a whole race week, we don't actually get to do these very often, if not at all. What has gone into the preparation for this leading up to it? And talk us through that. Yeah, well, I think for me, um, obviously, coming off Worlds, I sort of came back and sort of reset a little bit and then um, knew that coming over here, we're going to be paddling lots of Ks and back-to-back -back racing. So, wanted to make sure I was getting, you know, the distance in and lots of Ks in. I tried, you know, in the sort of past two weeks to put in as many Ks as I could in what conditions we had in offer and really making sure that whatever conditions that we had, whenever there was some good downwinds back home, I was just getting out there and trying to get sort of the conditions that hopefully we're going to turn up over here um, as much practice as, as I could back home. So. so hopefully some flat water paddling for the Tuesday yeah. and Thursday. <laughs> yeah, a little bit for the Tuesday, Thursday, <laughs> but hopefully we get the win for the big one on Saturday. Don't, don't we all hope? <laughs> and I, yeah, I guess for myself, again, a pretty miserable world's performance and... Um, yeah, bloody oath. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but let's just flash back to yesterday. That was a bad... <laughs> no, well, um, I had a bigger mare, yeah. No, it was, um, we had quite a bit of racing post-Worlds as well. So we had the uh, new Sean Partners Cool and Got a Gold downwind paddle on the Gold Coast, followed by North Bondi as well. So it was cool to, to get back and, and sort of forget about the bad results and jump into some new results. The problem was I was racing all these new faces that weren't at Worlds. So it's still a bit unclear of how we were going until yesterday. So um, Yeah, okay, go on. I'll let, I'll let you have it. Mate, you think I'm going to mention you every time. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even going to say anything. It's funny, actually, because for an article that did go on the Paddler.News, after the Gold Coast downwind, uh, the, the Shore and Partners cooling out of gold, Corey did make the comment that you didn't want to get too excited after that race, although you did beat Tom Norton and Riley Fitzsimmons because neither of those athletes were at the World Championships and you didn't know how everyone else was faring. Well, as it turned out, you were the top three yesterday anyway. <laughs> so I guess that turned out pretty well. But 
I want to ask about the format of this week a bit more specifically. Of course, the Shore and Partners WA Race Week, we have obviously the 23 kilometre metre paddle yesterday that I think a few are still hurting from. Then we have two sprint races, the Dash for Cash on the Friday, then the Doctor. How much time has gone into planning your recovery, your preparation, and how you're going to get the best out of both of those races? Um, I guess for myself, I've, I've come across here in November and, and it's probably easier to do it this time around because there is a race week put together. I historically used to fly across on the Friday, do the downwinder, fly home, then fly back across, potentially do that Thursday night race if, I, if we were here in time without delays and that sort of thing and then do the doctor. So it's a, you know, a great, great initiative to put together a whole you know, race week and um, you know, look how many people we've got here for the whole week. As for training and that sort of thing, nothing changes too much. Um, the end game is still the same. You want to be consistent throughout. And the Tuesday, Thursday night races is very similar to what I would do back home anyhow with a, you know, an hour hit out or just under that sort of thing leading into a race. So, again, it, it works out perfectly. So I recommend everyone jumping in, doing everything they can because it's really good race practice for the doctor. Yeah, I'd say I'm pretty similar. Um, you know, the shorter races are sort of typically what you do in sort of your more home-style training environment. And that's what I've sort of been doing and then you know backing up um, back at home and training and back-to-back -back training sessions kind of leads into those longer races and make sure that you've got the K's under your belt to be able to last that far and whenever in your race you know you tend to be able to you just push yourself that little bit extra and um, hold on so yeah that's sort of what you're hoping to do. And this, I guess this is a bit of a tricky one this is a new initiative by Shoreham Partners which is amazing like you just said but what what do you think is the penultimate of the week? Is it winning, winning the race week or winning the doctor? Oh, that's a good question. I think, um, you know, the doctor is such an iconic event that's been going for such a long time. But the WA Race Week has been such a great initiative that's been put together. And I think, you know, the idea of somebody taking out the whole week and being consistent across all the different races, across, you know, potentially really different conditions, I think shows, um, you know, who would be the ultimate paddler over here. So... I think, um, yeah, there's probably a variety of different opinions, but for me, whoever can show their consistency across the week in all the different formats, yeah, will probably be. And there will be different conditions. We can bet on that. Yes, by the looks of things, there definitely will be. <laughs> yeah, it is a really tricky one. I've, I've always been, you know, I've, I've quite openly said that the Doctor is my favourite race across, the, across all the races in um, the world. So for me, it would it would still feel like an incomplete week without winning the Doctor. Um, that being said, the race week is is right there with it now. Um, I think in a couple of years, that perspective will change as well once it gets a couple of winners, probably a couple of different um, faces on the, on, the, on the board as well. So um, I'm sure it's here to stay from now. I mean, it's such a great week. Look at the win now and the warmth coming on Tuesday. So we're all looking forward to that. And... Um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to the whole week. I'll race everything I can always. Very positive from the both of you. It's coming. See, that's the funny thing about that question is that it's actually not one or the other, Mac. We did have a choice to compete in the race week, but unfortunately yeah, I'm not exactly <laughs> sure how the points work, but I don't know if a 35th is going to cut it in terms of getting into that top 10. Um, we are going to throw this one to the floor in just a moment. Mac's going to be the roving microphone. If you've got a question and it's decent, you're going to get a T-shirt. But in the meantime, I just want one more from the two of you before we do that. Some advice to the room as well. How is the best way to kind of approach this week? What are you guys thinking? Not just in getting results along the way, but also peaking at the right time for the doctor on Saturday. 
Well, I think for me, coming over here, um, knowing that um, hopefully I've done the work and being able to come into each race and just approach it um, depending on what conditions are on the day and being really open-minded, I think for me, um, you know, there's a variety of different conditions that can be put up here each day. So I think going in and not getting too caught up about um, what Tuesday's hopefully going to be looking like. Hopefully we get a bit more positive outlook, but just going into it and really embracing it and really making sure that you're getting the rest and recovery between each of the races has been really key. So when we had that big one yesterday, making sure that today has just been a nice cruisy day, allowing the body to recover before we get up and go again throughout the week and then, yeah, back up for the, the bigger, longer one for the doctor on the Saturday. So, yeah, just being nice and I think low-key throughout the week between the races is sort of be key. Yeah, and again, I couldn't agree more. It's, it's all about that whole race, then recover and um, try to get as much sleep as possible all those sorts of things obviously help but um you know it, it's just like training at the end of the day just a little bit more high intensity and um yeah hopefully hopefully you don't get too sore and all those sorts of things and just keep rehydrating and all that sort of thing so it's um very familiar in in regards to training it's just racing well congratulations to the two of you and starting that on the right note now Mackenzie's just stepped off stage to get what is actually my, bag. my dirty training bag that he's carrying all of these t-shirts. And we do want to give some out. So do we have anyone in the room that would like to throw a question to two-time world champion Corey Hill and new world champion Gemma Smith, Troy Andrew, there in the orange epic hat. Mac is going to start making his way over. You're making me run. And thank so. you, Troy, for actually being the first person to ever ask a question... <laughs> at a live show for the Paddlers Pod. So I think that in itself deserves a round of applause. So, so we were going to start with name, where you come from, and I actually thought about throwing in the fastest kilometre you had, seeing that's very contentious. So, today? I actually, actually finally went under five minutes. <laughs> well done. I know that's very poor, but anyway. Um, okay. Priority. Um, world champs. The doctor or an Aussie ski final? One, two, or three? We had, we had this conversation not too long ago. I reckon you should ask Bao this question as well and throw Molokai in. That was an interesting okay. answer. <laughs> Please do, the microphone's in front of you. <laughs> so, come on, watch so your, your nipper, nipper performance. So it was doctor, Aussies, and, and world champs. So mine goes doctor, then worlds, then an Aussie ski champ. That's only because he hasn't got a medal at Aussies. Well done. Gemma? I think for me, probably Worlds, Aussies and the Doctor. But that's only because I've grown up doing stuff life saving. I think that sort of has always been my um, thing. But Doctor's probably the top of my list of what I want to do at the moment. Well, both of you have actually won two of the three. So it must be pretty nice to sit here and be able to choose between your list of accomplishments for that one. Another question in the room. Oh. Oh, here we go. Well, oh, actually, what? Oh, you, it's because he's already got so, four of them. Yeah, I'm sorry. You've actually got a few waiting, <laughs> waiting yeah. back at the Doesn't hotel. need any introduction. <laughs> Hail's from Sydney, but your fastest kilometre. We do want to know. I'm, I'm a little bit like the big guy over there. I, I don't think I've broken five yet either. Maybe I have. <laughs> hey, um, Gemma, what's changed to all of a sudden make you in the last 12 months burst out? I remember seeing you on the 1920 beaches and, and Danielle and you have had a great battle over the last few years. All of a sudden you've elevated to her level and in the last few months got the better of her. What's changed? Is it training? Is it, like, what is it? Confidence. And um, to Corey, 
just over this week, just run us through the top three or four people that you have to keep your eye out for and who you think are not Macca, he's done, but what, what just you know, who 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 are the people at the end of the day? I'm kidding. Well, you said. This is the uh, perfect preparation for a win for him. I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's I'm trying to motivate radar. him to come back. Um, yeah, what, who, the three or four people that you sort of keep an eye out for and that they're there and how do you approach them when you're actually on the start line? Do you follow them? Do you track a different direction? What do you do? Um, I think for me, over the past 12 months, I've really decided to focus on my paddling a lot more. So probably, yeah, 12, 18 months ago, I made the decision to stop sort of training full-time for Ironman racing, sort of stopped swimming in a swim squad, um, just was doing very bare minimal swimming on my own, board paddling, that kind of thing, and really um, ramped up the time I was spending um, paddling. So I spent a lot of time sprint kayaking as well, so in my K1, um, but then also spending a lot more time in the ocean as well. And I've really um, spent a lot more time in the gym as well, making sure I was getting a lot stronger, which I think has really helped my paddling. And um, yeah, from that, um, you know, I can feel and see improvement in my paddling over that time and I think from that your confidence definitely grows you start to get a bit more um, confidence and belief in yourself when you turn up to these races and then I've been fortunate enough that um, the results have sort of had a bit of a roll-on effect which has been really nice to see that that hard work and those tough decisions that I made um, you know 12 months ago are starting to pay off. And I guess for the question to myself it's it's quite scary out there at the moment to be completely honest we've got such a great Top 20, 30, 35. Um, 34, <laughs> come on. 34. 35's where it drops off. At least we're in there. You're out, Sam. <laughs> but um, no, to be completely honest, I was, I was only going through the start list the other day and I went, okay, we've got eight of the top ten, which didn't include myself, lining up at the WA Race Week, which is super intimidating, right? Because we've got such depth. And then you have a look at the top ten from yesterday comparatively to the top ten at Worlds. And it's just being flipped on its head. We've got new faces in there like, a, well, you've got Riley, Tom and Boothie who are three in the top five all of a sudden. And you go, well, these are people we not didn't consider at all, but they were the names that weren't at Worlds that are now here. So, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a very tough week. And um, as Sam said, like, you, you consider some people, oh, maybe you're not in it anymore for the whole race week to uh, tally. But it's not exactly true. I think there's going to be people with outside of races over the next couple as well so um time will tell when we're sitting up here all cheery at the moment but um i might get laughed at very soon by maca <laughs> the and Sam. all right we've got a question again up the back maca as you make your way there in fact earl i'm glad you brought up the form line for maca as well because history does show that he needs to bottom out before he comes back uh, a rather, a, a rather appalling performance in Malaysia before bouncing back to win the bronze medal at the World Championship. So I got off the water yesterday saying, gee, Mac is on, top, on track for a top three at the doctor on Saturday. <laughs> well, we can only hope. Name, where you come from and fastest kilometre. My name is Ellie um, and I'm from Sydney originally and um, my fastest K I think is 4.32. Um, and I did it this week. <laughs> um, so for those of us that are, that are newish to paddling, um, nutrition, I'm keen to hear about... I was hoping you were going to ask. Yeah, you thought I'd never ask this. Um, what do you drink and how often do you drink it in a race like yesterday? And um, do you have any snacks and how do you have them? Well, as we discussed... <laughs> 
No, for myself, it's just the whole Gatorade and water in the bottle. And I try to, if, on, if it's a hot day, I try to sort of take a sip every 10 minutes or so. And I do shove a couple of Mars bars or Snickers up my pants in case I feel like I need to eat something halfway through the channel. So that's about where I'm at. But I, I was actually speaking to Mac and Sam the other day and said, the main thing is the 98% the of stuff that you do outside of the nutrition during the race as well. So just make sure that you're out in the elements, getting out there for, I didn't go for a paddle today, but make sure you get out there for a paddle today in the, in the conditions like there is um, over here. And, and if you are sort of falling in love with the sport like we have, then, you know, get out there as much as you can on these race weeks, learn as much as you can from the professionals and um, just be involved, get in the elements because that's what's going to help you get from start to finish as, as quick as possible. And, and the rest of it all sort of, falls in line yeah and I think for me yesterday I only had water in my bladder so I think most of the races that I've ever done I've just taken water with me um yeah most of the time I'll just make sure I'm fueled up ready to go beforehand but I'll take some stuff in case I hit the wall or anything goes drastic throughout the race so I have some stuff stuffed in my life jacket or up my pants just in case I need that little boost um halfway through the race or whatever so just yeah ready to go for all situations Thank you very much for those insights. I'm sure a few people were taking notes and thank you very much for those questions as well. Actually, I was going to cut things off, but Hank McGregor's throwing his arm up at the back of the room and I think this probably could be an interesting question. So we've got one more in us before we are going to have to let these two superstars go and fly through the rest of our program. Are you intrigued? I mean, I'm very intrigued by what's about Me to happen. Too. From Hank just wants a T-shirt, I think. You actually don't have a question, do you? <laughs> No, this will be good. We all know Hank McGregor from South Africa and fastest kilometer, 240. I think Oscar, that, that probably pips you with a record. Is that, that in a single, Hank? That was in a double. Uh, and what about, what about a single? 245. Okay. <laughs> was that upwind? No, I was uh, driving the car with Oscar. His, his ski was just ahead of mine because it's kind of short, it's only 560, so he had to tie it far forward. Question. Um, so to, this is to Corey. Um, you, you've won so many doctors. What keeps you motivated year after year to come back and obviously win it again? Uh, do you do anything different every year or you do the same thing and hope for the best? I guess I, I tend to sort of really ramp it up it gets easier on the gold coast as it probably does in durban as well right like it gets a bit warmer the wind starts to come in you start to get a little bit more interested in in the sport as it gets warmer and these sorts of things happen especially like it does over here as well so um to me it's been the it's been the one that i've wanted to win um for so many years being on our home soil and that sort of thing there's probably been five or six races that i've really put on a on a pedestal and this one this one being one and what keeps me interested and um going i guess is is always the rivalry is as well right like we've got so many great competitors that i've, I've had the privilege of racing um and we only spoke about that yesterday with how many generations that you've also <laughs> raced against so um i'm hoping to also achieve that in the in the next you know few years as well and um keep on get my name up there as much as i can uh it's always great the south african australian relationship as well to sort of have these rivalries not knowing what you're doing over there but when we do get to race you're sort of very equal so there's all these sorts of things that you're that you're racing for and um hoping to do so for a couple more years i think hank did you also want to know corey's race plan course line 
what he's planning to do on Saturday as well. Well, we've got the chance, no. Um, thank you so much for the question, Hank. Thank you so much for everyone who just lobbed in a question as well. And thank you to Corey Hill and Gemma Smith, the current leaders of the Shore and Partners WA Race Week, for their time tonight. Now, they were supposed to come on at the top of the show, but they were always going to be the main event tonight. Sammy, we are back on track with this schedule as well, because we do have been looking forward to this for a very long time to get these two men up on stage side by side. And as soon as... I'll just, I'll just get there, Sam. You're making this difficult. Mackie, you're going to have to run back to the front of the stage. We didn't have an extra, extra bag. large for Hank up the back. Out of extra large. He is a big unit. Sorry, Hank. We will get that sorted as well. Is it the phone lock yeah, code as well that I haven't thing. considered to? Yeah. Now we're good. He is a man, of course, that needs no introduction. I like the suspense that we're throwing in here too. Mac, maybe we do need you to go back over him. But of course, this man insisted on getting an introduction as part of taking in the show tonight. He's the 12-time Molokai champion, the godfather of surf, ski, paddling. By his own admission, the greatest paddler of all time. An award-winning author already, a cancer warrior, and above all else, the patron of our great podcast, please welcome the man, Oscar Chalupski. Oscar, it is so great to have you with us and to be sitting alongside of you as well. Just like they did so many times throughout their racing career and what was one of the great rivalries too, is our next guest on the Paddlers pod tonight. A man who insisted, actually, that we didn't give him an introduction, but we thought we'd better anyway. He's the coolest customer our sport has ever seen, still turning heads as he struts towards the stage. In admiration, he is a hunk. He is handsome. And he has made all of this event happen. He is the race director of the Shore of Partners WA Race Week, the nine-time Molokai champion, Dean Gardner. Look at this swagger. When I started paddling at the age of 15, I think I did actually dream of this opportunity to be sitting and on likewise, stage alongside the two of Look, we're conscious that time has blown out a little bit, so let's cut straight to the chase. You have the greatest rivalry that our sport has ever seen. In the peak of that, please tell us, how much did you hate each other? See, Dean always throws the ball. He plays rugby did, or NFL. What did you play? No, I mean, I understand uh, Dean's a little bit younger, so it was first the one and only Grant Kenny that most young people don't know him, but he was quite famous at the time, and he won four Molokais in a row. And let me tell you, just to put hate in the word, I hated him. <laughs> he won four, <laughs> four Molokais in a row, and I never met him, but I hated him. And then uh, Dean came along, and he was quite a cool guy. I never had to hate him. I think he only beat me once or twice. <laughs> the rest of the time, I wasn't there. He was beating Herman, funny enough. Is that right? Yeah, well, um, so Oscar and I, unfortunately, for a period there, didn't get to race a lot. Um, it was Herman, actually, Oscar's brother, who was... Um, well, a quote from Oscar, uh, he... he 
and I'll do my best South African accent here. Uh, my brother Herman, he is the greatest paddler in the world. I beat him by 10 minutes. <laughs> so anyway, I got, I got to race uh, Herman a fair bit and other guys like Lewis Laughlin and Nalu Kukea from Hawaii and some other, and you know, obviously Grant and Clint Robinson and those sorts of people. And then Oscar came back into the scene uh, later on and, and we had some epic battles along the, uh, the, the China Walls, which you've probably all heard of. Uh, very, very rough bit of water as you enter the last bit of calm water going into Molokai. And, and uh, yeah, so we've had some fantastic battles. We've had some uh, fantastic battles out here, 20 beaches um, and, and other places all over the world. So it's been a, it's been a fantastic uh, 30, 30 odd years, so. One, one I'm very stoked to be part of. We speak about extreme rivalry. I have heard the story, and I think there's a few people out there would like to know. You put on this event. Oscar's the man that claims to have won this event three times in a row. Well, he's crossed the finish line three times in a row first, but you're actually the man to disqualify him. That was very easy to do, too. <laughs> no, to, to, to give you the rundown, um, there, we did have a boy out here for the, the last turn into into the beach and, and unfortunately Oscar missed the boy um, and so we had to give it to the guy that came second uh, unfortunately you know that's the way things go sometimes but uh, as a race director you've got to make those decisions and, and if, if, it's, if it's a good mate of yours too you've just got to do the right thing by the event so unfortunately Oscar copped the brunt of that. Uh, no I <laughs> understand <laughs> rebuttal no it's very simple there's no more boy there it made no fucking difference because i came next to the boy they said left or right i didn't know which way to go because it was i was coming straight onto the beach because we didn't have to go to the the trig marker so we we're coming straight across here and it was a bit of a silly thing and i, I and i was trying to shout to ash nismith who i was with him at lunchtime today and i said ash do i go left or right of the because I'm, I'm just coming into the beach straight in here didn't have to go to the, the, the marker. And he says, keep the boy on your left. I said, okay. And I kept the boy on my, And I went right next to it. And then the next day, the photograph was there. And I won by about 45 seconds. And they peed me, penalized me one minute. So I ended up getting 46 hurt. seconds, actually. I, I, just a quick question. Did everyone go around that boy that was out there yesterday? Well that, done, everyone. Yeah, that's good. the West Coast downwinder. That was the West Coast downwinder coming up the coast. We went straight across. 15 years, I'm glad to see that we're all okay with that decision. We've all moved on, which is great. Um, you know what, we can actually get the feeling down. We've spoken about some of the races that you guys shared over the years. But for me too, one thing I've always noticed is that you actually also share a really close relationship and friendship as well. When did that start to blossom? And, you know, I guess how do you put, or did you guys put those competitive spirits aside I guess, you know, for all of us today, I'm good friends with all the athletes around the world, but I'm also not winning races, so it's not that hard for me to be friends with everyone when I'm not a threat to them. But tell us about your friendship and how far back it goes. Yeah, well, for me, obviously, the, the first time you meet someone and, and someone that, you know, is potentially going to be your rival in something that you're very passionate about, um, you know, having, having some sort of hate or dislike for them makes your race sometimes a little bit easier. Um, and, and, you know, obviously we did have that initially when we're on the water, but I've been to South Africa and, and, and been with Oscar and, and he's been here with me and uh, over the years we've done some amazing things together. We used to do paddling trips from Fremantle all the way up to Broome, you know, with a boat and have people on a boat and a 
all these different things we've, we've done together. And, and it's only because um, we, we had such, such passion for what we do that we built such rivalry up against each other. But then once, uh, after you sort of let that settle down a bit, the, um, because of that passion, you actually really get to enjoy people's company and, and the, the people that, you know, at one time you actually didn't really dislike. But that dislike's superficial and it's really the, I guess it's the love of doing the same thing and, and actually uh, getting people to do the same things we love as well, which I know Oscar's very passionate about also. And seeing the stoke on pe people's faces when um, when they do do a, a paddle like today, where you got to do a, a downwind, and, and you know a lot of people might have done your best times today, and that sort of stoke, and we share that sort of stoke, and and that's the sort of thing that I think makes us such good friends. Yeah, I mean, uh, the whole thing when uh, Dean arrived on the scene, it was he was a, already a nice guy, so it's easy to do. I mean, at the end of the day, if you've got the same passion. Let me tell you, when you're in the water, nobody's my friend, and I will beat you to death. <laughs> when you get off the water, the race is over, everything's done, and you've got to just put it behind you, no matter what happens, and, and off you go and, uh, and become friends. And, and the most important thing is that we're both passionate about the same thing, getting more people into our sport, which is so fantastic, and that's the most important part. But... When you're in the race, just remember, the most important part is winning. <laughs> you're not as, first, you're last, right? Exactly. And the, uh, and the whole thing is, as, as, as uh, first is first and second is nothing. And that comes from, Hank, <laughs> from Lee McGregor for Hank. So when he came third, he had to walk home. <laughs> and he didn't do, do that very often. But understand that when you're in the race, that's the most important thing is to win the race. Because that's what you're here for, Macca. Coming 34th. I don't think I've ever done that in my life. <laughs> You'd be paddling on a bloody door frame, I reckon, if you did that. We talk about all these memories. Do you have a memory that stands out for either of you about something you've done memorable together, a race together, or a trip together, or anything like that? Yeah, actually, um, from a yeah, not so much the racing. Though I think you know, for me now, the racing sort of um, it's a long time ago, so. Uh, I don't really think too much about that. I think of all the, the good stuff that's come from being in that position and being in a, in a position where I, I won races and Oscar run, won races and all the, all the good things that have come from that. And one of those things was, which I was telling some of the people, we were over at Rottnest today and I was telling some of the people we did a, a boat trip and the trip I was telling you about before, we started from Rottnest one afternoon and it was blowing 35 knots. It was a five metre swell. It was blowing straight south, straight up the coast. And uh, Oscar and I were on doubles and we had our, our uh, I guess, our passengers on the boat or our, our people and we're changing them in and out of the back of the doubles and, and we left here and we went to paddle up towards Durian Bay, which Bonnie would know very well. She's done this, this section. And uh, we were hitting 40s on the double skis and, and uh, you know, with, with, with people in the back who'd, who probably couldn't hit a five, you know, so... <laughs> Um, that, that to me was probably one of the most amazing and Oscar and I were racing of course yeah, and the boat was sitting <laughs> alongside us and the people that weren't in the boat at the, that particular time were eating like a crab cake and a beer and watching us do 40 kilometres an hour downwind and it was just one of the most amazing experiences I've Oscar ever had. Oscar was doing 41 though, wasn't he? He was, yes, 41, I was 40, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, that's the, the, the lovely thing about the sport. I mean, you don't have to be winning races, just having fun. I mean... Hang on. <laughs> no, I'm, this is not... I'm saying this is not... This is outside <laughs> racing. This is having fun, just taking... And, I, and I've spent a lot of time right here taking people out in these howling gales and taking them down a double. But I, I never forget... Uh, Dean made a statement once in the Moloch. He said, no, no, as long as you get to China World first, you'll never lose. So my whole life ambition was to catch Gene before China Walls and always used to say, hey, Dean, when I used to catch him, I used to make sure I was surfing down a run. I said, Dean, you're paddling well, keep it up. <laughs> and then I used to go around into the wind and win. Corey, a few times. Corey can attest that you can get to China Walls first and lose, though. Yeah, that, I, I nearly, <laughs> funny, I nearly did that as well. But the bottom line, <coughs> our fun is being out there in downwind where everybody loves and actually putting them in the back of the double. And that day was unbelievable. I mean, we were in this huge boat and the five meters well were like swamping the back of the boat. And that's what you want to experience in life and downwind paddling. That is the best thing in the world. And that's why the sport keeps on growing because of downwind paddling. And people like Dean organizing races like this on the west coast of Australia, and we love it. And that's why we do the sport, and that's why we'll keep on doing it to a ripe old age. Very, very well said. Now, as Maka goes and grabs his shirts again, start thinking of those questions. Before we get those hands up, a really quick one for you, Oscar. I just need to ask, did you get naked in the race yesterday? A few people were saying that you took your clothes off at one point. If anyone oh, saw a, a long float, story floating that, object no, down no, there. No, no. That's a long story, but this, these things have happened. The funny thing is this time I put my pants back on. I raced in <laughs> South Africa, and the problem happened. And, I, and, I ha and then suddenly I was racing against him, and he was right there. And then I had to run up the beach with no clothes on because I'd taken them off just for a small time. <laughs> there you are. No, there's that, you know, that, you know that, that strap that you had to put there was so big in the newspaper the next day. <laughs> Well, uh, I think we are relieved you put your pants on yesterday. Now, who has a question in the room for one of these two legends? Oscar Jones, getting the hand up. Macri is to your left at the table there, yeah, white hat on. Got him. We do only have time for a few questions, so make sure that if you do have one, we'll throw those hands straight up. Oscar Jones from Sydney. 2.56. Yeah, um, yeah, thanks, you guys, to people that I've been yeah, watching for a long time and to Dean who's got me into the sport. Um, I just want to sort of know that since I started paddling and only like three, like four or five years ago, the sport has grown so much. And I know that we, a lot of people are still going into sport and I'm seeing a lot more younger people coming through the sport. But where do you see the sport going and what do you want the sport to become into the future and sort of the sustainability of its growth? I've seen how fast it's grown. But like to keep that into the future when I'm Corey's age, for example, and to keep it at this awesome, not to say that Corey's old, <laughs> I wasn't saying that. I was just saying like in five, six years, yeah, that came out really bad, sorry. Um, but yeah, you know what I mean? Just to sustain growth of yeah, an awesome sport that we all love. Yeah, it's a good question, Oscar. I think there's, um, it's a two-part thing, that, and... and uh, I think it's one is having uh, people that are prepared to put the effort in to make 
the sport happen initially. Uh, like there's some amazing event organisers around the world. You look at Carter, Carter Johnson in the US with the Hood River and, and um, you know, uh, Bruce Seymour in, in Hong Kong with the Dragon Run and all the people that do these. Uh, Billy Harker back in the old days in South Africa put an amazing series together. I think that's initially the first part of the, uh, of the formula and then obviously you need good support and, and we, we have seen an unprecedented amount of support for our sport here in Australia through through Earl's and Alan's generosity, through Sean Partners. And, uh, you know, if, if, if either one of those two things is missing, then I think it, it limits the ability for the sport to grow. And, and we're very lucky, and especially the younger people here right now that, that want to do this as a sport, you're in a very, very lucky, uh, very fortunate stage right now because this is the greatest, greatest thing this sport's ever seen. Yeah, I mean, uh, to, to give you an example, I mean, Oscar, you you racing for money this weekend. Ask Dean, if you won a big race, you got one bottle of wine, and, and a huge race, two bottles of wine. I'm afraid you can't live on that for the rest of your life. So understand that you need the Sean partners, those guys, to boost the sport, but you need to spread the sport far and wide, and, and, and we're seeing it, and it's happening slowly because people are looking at the WA race week, and they're seeing 500 paddlers, and they're saying, gee... We'd like to get involved. I mean, and, and Maka was there in Malaysia. Another one has 34th finishes. Um, <laughs> in Malaysia, we had, suddenly, we had, uh, in a place I've never been, 350 paddlers. They were paddling the strangest crafts ever. I mean, people complain about this, uh, our, our plastic uh, surski, but they were paddling like K1s on this, in, in the ocean. K1s like today, with no spray covers. So that's what it is, but it takes people to see what's going on here in the WA race week to say, listen, I want to do the sport. So now we've got people in Malaysia and Singapore and all these sports that are growing. And in China, China is a huge sport. They've got a couple of billion people. They get in the sport, it's going to grow. But the bottom line is everybody's got the same passion to love a sport that can do anywhere, anytime and any age. My father's 85 and he's still racing. Will he beat you? Apparently he won't beat Ron. Just a few more questions, Mark. I think we might be heading two in front to Mark Keeling. Okay, now. good. Not far to go. Oscar, I reckon you would love racing for two, two bottles of wine. <laughs> Here we go, Mark Keeling. How's it shot? Fastest. Uh, fastest. Uh, probably about a 250 on the Miller's run back at home. A lot of two guys in the room tonight. Yeah. Far out. It's unbelievable. <laughs> um, do you know, Oscar, you guys have been in the sport for so long. I'm sure you've seen so much. You talk about Shaw and Partners being in the sport, big sponsorships, big money. There used to be not so much money. Um, tell us about what you think has been the biggest change in the sport. I'm sure you've seen different boats come throughout the years, different sponsors, different races. Now there might be more people in the races than what you see in the past. What do you guys think is the biggest change that we've seen from when you guys kind of started up until now? Yeah, it's a good question, Mark, and, and very relevant to, to a lot of people doing a race on the weekend. The, the biggest change has been that the perception to paddle a of, of people to paddle a ski was that you had to be a member of a surf club and you had to use one of these tippy uh, surf life-saving skis. Uh, and initially, the, the manufacturers of ocean racing skis made, made skis predominantly for the top end and they were tippy as well, but then they realised that the market's in the bottom end. And I don't mean that, I don't mean bottom in a bad way in the people that are just entering the sport and, and providing boats that were stable enough for a newcomer to come along and, and jump into the sport. Um, that's one part of it, uh, stable boats, but the other part of it too is that 
people have seen as an opportunity, whether that's a, a business opportunity or, or a, an opportunity to, to, to get involved and, and give, give back and, and, and provide services where you can introduce people to the sport. And that's happened, and it happens a lot in Sydney. There's some fantastic providers of those services in Sydney, and it's happening all over the world. And, you, you know, you see what David Mockey's doing in Cape Town and... And, uh, you know, there's people in Hong Kong doing it. There's people in Sydney, Perth. Uh, Dean Beeman and the boys down here do an amazing job. They get a get 100 people out here on a Saturday morning. Uh, a lot of those people are new to the sport. Um, and there's people doing that all over the world. And, you know, it's one of those things that sort of self, self-perpetuates. You know, the more people see people doing what we're doing, the more people want to do what we're doing. And, and then that's the first phase of it. Then you get into the downwind side of it, and that's where... The fun really starts, as most of you would have experienced. Yeah, Dean is 100% correct. So when I started, in fact, the the, f- the real godfather of the sport is uh, Tony Scott and my father. And when we shaped surf skis, they were so narrow. Your, your big stud that came off the beach and said, I want to do this sport, f- spent the first two or three weeks swimming, which you couldn't balance on that boat. And in uh, 1999 or 2000, that's when everything changed. And I said, no, boys, the market is where people can actually sit on the boat and paddle it and not fall out and not be embarrassed because that's what something that SUP did very well. The first SUPs were like uh, sitting on a mattress and you just paddle along and you f- look cool because you didn't fall off and it wasn't embarrassing. And that's what made the sport really, that, that, that was the turning point. And I think that's what has made the sport grow and then, as, as Dean said, the most fun part of the sport is the most difficult part, is downwind paddling. And downwind paddling just takes a little bit of effort and a little bit of practice. But once you get it right, there's nothing better as a beginner. And I can tell you, even a beginner, if they get a wave and they catch it, and they're going 20 kilometers an hour. That's amazing. You can't run that fast. Even bus cycling uphill, you can go faster. So that's what makes it fun. And it takes a bit of time. And people are willing to put the time in because it's a sport that you're out in the ocean and you're out in the nature. And, and, and through COVID, that's why Dean will probably test to that, is that it just took off because people realized, gee, we've got to do sea and life. There's a lot of things to do. And one of those things is being out in the ocean, out with nature and having fun and catching waves. Okay, our last question for tonight. I saw the hand go straight up. Maka, you need to move faster Quick. than that. We have Simon Trainer there from Melbourne who's going to be asking this question. Fastest no kilometre. No urgency to Macca. 3.56 about two hours ago. <laughs> hey, my question is, I suspect a lot of your listeners on the podcast and probably some people here today, we've been training, we've been inspired to do Molokai, but the last couple of years it hasn't occurred. You guys are the most connected in the, in the paddling sport. Can you give us an update? Is it going to happen this year? Is it not going to happen? Is it going to be a different course? What's the word on the street? The word on the street that as of three or four hours ago, I was speaking to Jim Foti. So three hours ago, six hours ago, he said, listen, we've got to make a decision about the 2023 Molokai. And within the next two or three days, we'll have an answer on the Molokai because the bottom line, that has been the iconic race that has brought all the top paddlers in the world to the race and we're going to get a decision within this week. And I think we can make it positive. I mean, the Molokai people, the island people are giving us a bit of trouble, but at the end of the day, Shore Partners have already come up 
to the plate to say, we're going to have the 2023 uh, Molokai and let's keep that positive vibe going. Yeah, Oscar said it all. That's, that's as much as I know as well. All right, so I'm going to be writing an article about that in the next few days. Bit Thanks of suspense. Adding to the workload. Um, as Mac and Maxie's way back onto the stage, I do just want to say thank you to the both of you for everything that you've done in the sport. I know that, you know, you are, even though we do make jokes, you guys are very humble about what you have contributed to make this sport what it is today. And for that, everyone in this room is so incredibly grateful. But I have one last question. You <laughs> in your prime versus the field today, who wins? I wanted to just put this out to young Corey. In 1983... He left because he didn't want to hear the answer. I know, I know. In 1983, my time was 2.43. 2.43, and we started, and Dean will know this, at Haleolona Arbor, which is one and a half kilometers up the coast. So basically six or seven minutes. So, and I was paddling with uh, flat paddles and a boat that I designed in 1976. And my first time ever across that channel, and it just shows you. So I think I would have done about a 2.15, 3.15, uh, which is a little bit faster than, than Corey did. Hey? No, no, man, 3.15. That's the record is, what is the record now? Three. Hank's got it. No. Has Corey got it or Hank? No, Hank got it. What is, this, what is your time? Molika. <laughs> so uh, again, uh, as I say, you, you can't compare errors, but you actually can because. Uh, <laughs> and it would be me. In 1983, uh, Hank was zero, much more than zero. What were you? Were you five in 1983? So he was five, so he didn't beat me then anyway. <laughs> but in 1983, so that's the, the first time I did the Monica, and, and uh, Grant Kenny had done four years in a row then. So I think it's funny that all the equipment, all the craft and everything, I think we're pretty much still the same. So if I think if you get an athlete that's doing well in those days and doing now, because this is one sport that takes more skill than brawn than any other sport in the world, and that's why you can be at the top for a long time and you can compete with the youngsters and I think Andine is a perfect example in downwind because he's so shit on flat, it's unbelievable. <laughs> Dino? Um, uh, all, I, all I can say uh, as evidence to that is that um, uh, when you look at the, the results, uh, the over 50s in the races, we generally tail up the over 40s, so they're obviously a very weak batch coming through in the <laughs> 70s. Um, and then the, the rest of it, I guess, uh, I'm not going to talk about myself, but, 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 well, I am actually, but um, <laughs> Good, back we in the day when, um, when we were doing Molokai, we were doing it on surf life-saving skis, uh, except for the South Africans who had the, the, the sharper, pointier skis. Um, and, and uh, you know, without boasting, I held the record for 24 years and all these guys were doing it as well. So <laughs> um, I'll, I'll say that, um, you know, potentially... Um, it would be a very interesting race. I think that's as clear as an answer as we're going to get. <laughs> Again, thank you both so much for your time tonight. We really appreciate it. What is a big week, Dean? You have so much on your plate with running the event. Thank you, everyone, for being here tonight, your patience and sticking around, supporting as well. Gemma Smith, Corey Hill, 
Thank you so much. Macker, have you got your words to sign off? Until next time, take care and enjoy. Hey guys, we are going to get a quick selfie if that's okay. Everyone kind of huddle in.